Hi, I'm the captain, and today we're going to be doing a different episode, slightly different. Uh, this is very just different. It's a special episode. So, long-time listeners might have picked up that I'm a big fan of history, and in this particular case, I will be recording on my own. Uh, it is the holiday season, and we're going to be doing a little bit of drunken history. Or, in this case, I'm going to get slightly tipsy and talk to you about a moment in history. So, for this episode, I will be talking about the Russian 2nd Pacific Squadron. I would totally recommend uh, a YouTube channel by the name of Drachinafel, who does a much more comprehensive and well more researched and definitely way more sober uh, episode on, uh, on this than I will be doing. It won't be very comprehensive because this particular story is extremely funny even when you're sober, in my opinion. It... Regards the Battle of Tsushima, which we won't be covering the battle. Battle is not funny. Uh, the journey, however, is. So, uh, for this episode, for those of you who care to join along in the drink, I would recommend a warm uh, buttered rum. Or, in my case, what I'm drinking right now is a shot of peppermint schnapps, shot of a Bombay Sapphire Gin, and your ginger ale of choice. In my case, LA1. Have both, because that's what I've been doing. If you so care, please drink responsibly. Okay, so we will be talking about the Russian 2nd Pacific Squadron. What is that? And some of you who are more astute might be going, what do you mean by Russia and Pacific Squadron, let alone 2nd? Good observation. So, uh, this all happened around in 1904 during the uh, Russo-Sino, the, the Russo-Japanese War. Yeah, because believe it or not, Russia and Japan had a war way back when. Well, what happened was, uh, some of you who are astute with geography would notice that Russia is very, very long. It's got a east side and it's got a west side, and there's a whole lot of Siberia in between. Good for making gulags. Well, um... What happened during the uh, Russo-Japanese War was that Russia had one of its very few ports, warm water, by the way, in Port Arthur, 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 whatever, on the um, east side, you know, over by China. Uh, they lost it. Spoiler alert. It no longer belongs to them. It's now part of China. But they lost it. And uh, the Japanese came in and uh, they kind of besieged it and kind of took it. And Russia was not going to have... Any of that. So, what do you do when you lose your whole fleet on your east side? Well, you take your ships on the west side, you know, over near St. Petersburg and the Baltics, and you just take all those ships and you, uh, they decided that they were going to just round those ships round the corner and go over and take it back. Well, uh, some of you are probably taking notes and going, it is 1904 and there's a whole lot of Europe, Africa, and Asia in between. This did not deter the Russians, all right? So they cobbled together uh, in 1904, they cobbled together a rather sizable force. Um, some 21, uh, lots of battleships. Um, Altogether, all I think, if I remember correctly, they cobbled together, together 11 battleships, um, which was a sizable amount at the time. And, you know, with auxiliary ships, destroyers, whatnot. And they were going to send that group, and, and they were going to take back Port Arthur over in the east. And it was named the Russian 2nd Pacific Squadron, uh, which was very optimistic of them, especially since they had to contract a, a coaling 
the Hamburg America line, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they had to contract the Hamburg America line to keep the ship stocked with coal because this was when ships still sailed with coal uh, for the journey because, you know, wartime rules said that they couldn't go to a neutral port and restock on fuel or in this case coal. So that was an interesting bit. Now, here's the thing. Um, uh, hold on. Gonna wet my whistle. So here's what happened. Uh, when the fleet was leaving the Baltics, you gotta understand, a lot of the sailors on these ships, they were either, in the words of one first-hand account, they were either not properly trained or had forgotten everything they were trained for. It also doesn't help that the admiral in charge, Razadensky, uh, as far as evidence goes, I feel like he was just merely a competent man, but you needed a superhuman to keep this fleet in line because here's what happened. Uh, they had just left the Baltics and, you know, they were near England when there were rumors going about that uh, there were Japanese torpedo boats that would be waiting for them as soon as they left the, the Baltics. Now, here's the thing. That is physically impossible. Such tiny Japanese warships did not simply have the fuel capacity to be that far away from Japan because, again, there is a whole world between right now where the Russian 2nd Pacific Squadron is over in the Baltics and where Japan is. So, uh, this all would have been a nice little bit of silliness. It's just that with this rumor and paranoia going around, the fleet did spot a bunch of British trawlers over by the Dogger Bank and immediately opened fire on these British trawlers. And this would have been so funny you know, how do you mistake a bunch of fishing ships for Japanese warships? Uh, except that, you know, a couple British ships were uh, damaged. One was sunk. Uh, a bunch of Japanese, uh, some British fishermen were killed in the process. And also the Russian fleet had committed friendly fire and damaged their own ships in the confusion. Uh, the only reason why the damage wasn't more extensive, considering the amount of ammunition they expended, was because their gunnery and aiming was just so atrocious that a lot of the shells just simply went into the water. Well, when dawn broke and, uh, you know, everyone was able to count the damages, uh, Britain was in a right tizzy about this. Uh, the Russians were extremely embarrassed. And the only reason why Britain didn't go, I'm going to colonize me some of that Russia, was because France intervened and uh, basically you know, made sure that Britain wouldn't go on the warpath. Nonetheless, a bunch of Russian captains had to be brought ashore to face, uh, you know, uh, an inquiry on the matter. And uh, Britain sent its home fleet and a bunch of its cruisers to shadow the Russian 2nd Pacific Squadron until they were well and far away from British waters. Uh, also part of this, uh, Britain then told um, the Russian 2nd Pacific Squadron that they would no longer be welcomed to use the Suez Canal in Egypt, which meant that their already very long journey was going to become much, much longer. Uh, despite the fact that Britain was babysitting the Russian 2nd Pacific Squadron uh, throughout this time, there was a Russian boat in this fleet called the Kamchatka, uh, that just could not be babysat. It, um, it had gotten lost from the rest of the fleet, and when it finally rejoined the rest of the Russian 2nd Pacific Squadron, it reported that it had fired on no less than three different Japanese 
uh, warships. Well, turns out, again, there are no Japanese warships this far in Europe. Instead, they had fired on a Swedish, German, and French uh, civilian vessels. And the only reason why this is the story of the Russian 2nd Pacific Squadron and not the story of everybody beat up Russia was because its atrocious gunnery meant that all their shots went wide, they hit nobody, and they just made themselves look like a bunch of fools. So it is around this time that the Russian ships, they had to severely stock up on coal because, you know, uh, logistics demanded that uh, they... They were going to need coal, and there were, they were running out of opportunities to be refitted. So uh, as much coal as possible was brought on board. And they were jam-packing that coal in hallways, on the deck, anywhere possible. And what this did was this kicked up a lot of coal dust. And it's just fortunate that nobody, you know, caused a sufficient enough spark to ignite the whole ship. Because, you know, that would have been a huge explosion. Um, nonetheless, a bunch of sailors, um, poor, unfortunate Russians, they, um, they suffered from, um, allergy, not allergies, uh, you know, asthma issues. And there was a lot of, uh, breathing and lung irritation from all of this kicked up coal dust just so that they could get to their destination. Uh, also along in one of the ports, they, one ship had accidentally cut the cable line, uh, you know, cutting down communications in the harbor. Uh, when they made it to Madagascar, a bunch of the sailors went ashore, uh, and in hopes of improving morale, they, uh, they picked up a whole bunch of wild and exotic animals and venereal disease, as well as drugs. There was an incident where a captain had to confiscate a bunch of opium-laced um, cigars, which was causing men to get high as a kite. Um, one, another Russian officer was severely wounded when he tried to remove a poisonous snake from a gun turret and was thusly poisoned when the snake bit him. Um, in all these incidents, uh, a lot of these, uh, animals were ending up overboard, which were causing sharks to follow them in the water. Uh, this, again, this, this whole sad state of affairs is called the Voyage of the Damned, colloquially, because it was just a mess. Uh, while they were also here in the Southern Hemisphere, they were able to get a relief from the, you know, the Russian Empire, who sent some uh, transport vessels to give them badly needed supplies. Uh, they were hoping for ammunition because they had expended so much a ammunition during the Dogger Bank incident, and they just did not have enough for a full-scale you know, battle. Uh, but instead of getting ammunition, they were the, they opened up the crates from the transport ships and found nothing but nice warm winter coats, which was a lot of help down in Madagascar. Um, yeah, so that was really sad and it only got sadder because, uh, the, uh, the commander involved, Razazensky, uh, I'm sorry, Russia, I totally butchered that name. They, he chose to go through the Strait of Tsushima, which would have been a very nice and simple route to get to his destination at Port Arthur. Unfortunately, that was also the strait that the Japanese were waiting for them. One, because Admiral Tojo of the Japanese Naval Forces guessed that's where they would be going. But it also wasn't much of a guess because he could also keep track of where the fleet was 
where the fleet was, the Russian police, uh, fleet was, was because of all the headlines they were generating, you know, causing numerous international incidents and, you know, turning themselves into a floating zoo. Um, so... In 1905, almost, you know, the next year after the fleet had left, uh, they came into the Battle of Tsushima, and it was, it was a slaughterhouse. Uh, the, the Japanese thoroughly and decisively won that battle. Um, there was, let's see, the Japanese lost 117 men total they were who were killed outright and almost 600 were injured the russians in turn lost 4000 men who were dead outright and 5000 of them were captured the japanese lost 3 torpedo boats the russians lost 6 battleships big you know the expensive kinds that they don't want to lose uh no 7 battleships i'm sorry and a whole bunch more plus 7 captured which is just unheard of you know, in the modern day and age. So, I just lectured you for about 10 minutes on this obscure battle that was, you know, a very big, silly affair, which really needs to be followed by Benny Hill music if it wasn't so completely sad. So, what does something that happened in 1905 have to do with us? Well, this extremely decisive battle... Uh, got written into the Japanese naval doctrine. And so the Japanese uh, naval commanders built their whole strategies of having a single decisive blow that would destroy an enemy fleet because it worked so well here in the Battle of Tsushima. This was the first time that uh, a modern Asian power had defeated what was perceived as a Western European force. And... That um, doctrine of destroying your enemy in one big blow got written down and planned around. And it was basically the strategy that Japanese naval forces tried to follow during World War II, which would explain a lot of their, you know, questionable, sometimes questionable decisions made. And everyone knows about World War II and how important it is in our modern day affairs, right? Right, guys? Seriously, guys, it's extremely overwritten. Um... Russia, in turn, would lose the war, and, uh, you know, the Russian, uh, the October Revolution would happen, and things would get better, except they got worse. Uh, this whole failure was the reason that a lot of Western powers would look down on Russia, uh, both the loss of this war to the Japanese and also um, how Russia blundered the, uh, its war with Finland. And if you ever wondered why Hitler... Uh, decided to have two wars, one between Britain and then go into another war with Russia. This is part of the reason why. I'm sure there's other important reasons, but I'm a little tired and a little dizzy. So we're going to end here. I hope you all have a good holidays, folks. Captain out.